I like it. I like it deep and dark and sultry. (laughs) Oh boy. Welcome to the Backyards of Key West podcast with your host, Mark Barato. So this is the Backyards of Key West podcast. My name is Mark Barato, and I am sitting here in the Key West Theater to discuss with a man something that a lot of people look forward to, to pick his brain on all the major events that, that are musical that are popping up all over the place. Kyle, please introduce yourself, and what are we here to talk about? A, a number of things, I think. Oh, right. Well, uh, I hope we're here to talk about Key West Songwriters Festival yes. and uh, the amount of pride that I have uh, just getting the pleasure of being associated with it Yes, uh, coming into year three for me. And uh, Mile Zero Fest, yes. my, uh, my uh, infant child, <laughs> which I'm very proud of. Yes. I guess now as a toddler, you know, if we're right. going to stay with that reference. Yes, exactly. And then maybe talk a little bit about Key West Songwriter Sessions, which is a, um, a little mini version of what everyone loves, Songwriters Festival. We do it once a month. We started in November. We've run it November, December now. And, of course, I have January through April, so it's this little segment of, uh, of songwriters, the pieces that you love at the Smoke and Tuna. Yeah. Let's start and, with that yeah. since uh, yeah. we can go in, like, chronological order which will help the listeners great so songwriters um sessions yeah had just started last month right so right. in november yep and that is supposed to be a lead up to the songwriters festival correct is that the way it's been yeah that's together? exactly right that's that's the right concept and so you know we wait around and, and i say we collectively is uh certainly everyone in key west and and beyond uh, for Songwriters Festival coming in this year to its 25th year. Yes. Um, we wait around to May to have this. And uh, so Charlie's concept was, and I wholeheartedly said absolutely, was, hey, let's not wait all year. Let's start and, you know, do about a six-month lead up to this. Uh, of course, it makes a lot of sense for our brand. And and more than anything, it, it's uh, one more um, experience for yes. people to see how the magic happens. I, I think... Um, Key West, maybe, and it's uh, Songwriters Festival's attendees and Key West citizens. They're probably in the know a little bit more about how Nashville works. And mm-hmm. I use Nashville as just a single city to represent how really the artistic community in Nashville, the, the writers, write these incredible pieces of poetry that, that end up getting put to music and then eventually, and many of the writers themselves are fantastic musicians, as you know. Yes. And then the pretty people, the typically the pretty people are the ones that end up bringing it to market. Yes. Right. And that's, uh, <clears throat> I don't say that as a slight. I just say that that's how the industry works. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you have someone who just this last weekend, Anthony Smith and mm-hmm. Kylie Sackley come mm-hmm. to town. And don't get me wrong. They're pretty, though. They're, they're, I was going to say, you talk pretty. to them. They're yeah. both pretty. They're yeah. very pretty. Uh, but, um, you know, Nashville works uh Really well. Mm -hmm. It's a very well-oiled machine. And so, anyway, um, again, the concept was that uh, we expose uh, fans and and maybe future fans Mm -hmm. to the magic of Songwriters Festival once a month. And that's what Key West Songwriters Festival is. And so... Of course, it's at the the world famous Smoke and Tuna Saloon, mm-hmm. Charlie Bowers Joint, um, on Four Charles Street. <laughs> yeah, it's a little uh, plug in. I like it. Yeah, anytime you're in Key West, stop by the Tuna. It's uh, regardless if se- sessions is going on or cafe. It's always Carl's awesome. Thing. Yeah, awesome music. What a great, owner. what a great place for sure. Great place for music. And so, Songwriter Sessions is still cooking. 
So if you're listening to this, uh, check out January 24th, 2020. Um, I believe February the 14th, we're actually going to do it on, uh, on Valentine's. Nice. So call it the Lover's Sessions. I like it. Yeah, like so it. on and on. You can find information about sessions at QSSongwritersFestival.com. Nice. And uh, you can... Uh, see how much the shows are. We do have VIP experiences where you which can is sit. what, yeah, yeah. So it's seventy five bucks for a VIP experience. Mm-hmm. That means that you get a, a table and a chair guaranteed right in front of the stage. Nice, and you get to hear these people, much like Songwriters Festival. You get to hear them tell you the stories behind the songs that you may know that George Strait sang, but right. Anthony Smith is telling you about how he wrote it and where he was, and and he's singing it the way that he. Um, composed it too because sometimes that the way that they write it gets twisted just a little bit some of the lyrics you know they work with the singer of course to right. if there's any adjustments that need to be made but sometimes the tempo things like that are they may adjusted. completely change the meter it may have been yeah. written in three four and they didn't don't like it as a sling your beer around and make it a four four so i think as a songwriter and uh and I'd call myself a half-ass songwriter. I think as a songwriter, these 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 people, these highly creative people, are also very open-minded because they are handing over their child something they yeah. created. And many times, it's a story that uh, songs don't come typically from happy places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they come from they come from hard times. Yeah, uh, great songs for sure. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, no, they they definitely give over their work product and say, make it your own. Mm-hmm. And that's a to me, that's a big move on an individual, especially a creative person that says, you know, I, I created it as this. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's awesome to get to see the artist um, do their original, you know, piece or right. take on it. Right. So, so for songwriters mm-hmm. sessions, mm-hmm. did how did that get birthed? Was it you having a conversation with Charlie and he was like, "Wow, this is a great idea. We should do this." Like, tell me how that came to be. Yeah, you know, I don't remember exactly. It's possible that we were at the Tuna having a few of its fantastic offerings, yeah. <laughs> whether that was their uh, full-service bar yeah. or uh, the kitchen. But it seems to me that he said, you know, why don't we do this more often? And um, and I said, sure. It, so here's why it makes sense, um, mm-hmm. and here here's why it's possible in this instance. It's because of the reputation that Songwriters has. It's the because of the reputation that the tuna has, and more so it's because of the reputation and and absolute love that people in Nashville and well-connected people in industry think of Charlie. Right. Uh, I'm a promoter and a producer, and, and you know, if I look at 24 years from now, uh, that's what I want to be. I, I want to be able to go to Nashville and open any door, mm-hmm. and they say, come on in and right. let's talk about what your ideas are. I don't have that yet. Charlie does. Right. And um, and it's, it can't be understated. <clears throat> so when a Craig Wiseman, who was our um, – Lee Thomas Miller and Craig yes. Wiseman came, yes. and, and for those that aren't familiar with Craig Wiseman and, and, and those the world of songwriting, Craig was named uh, Songwriter of the Century yes. by ASCAP. That is, you know, uh, you're talking about tens of thousands of writers, and you're talking about a century. Mm-hmm. So for those of people that are bad at math, that's 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> To say that he's a big deal in the songwriting community would be an understatement. You know, in the songwriting community, he's Elvis. Right, he is. And so a Charlie Bauer and a Songwriters Festival brand has the ability to call, personally call, and say, would you like to come to Key West and share your music 
with our fans, and that's not happening with me. Right. <laughs> it's just not. So. Yeah, yeah. He he's an incredible guy. Both of them are. I interviewed both of them for the songwriters podcast, which we could talk about on this podcast as well. Yeah. Um, and it, this is the genius that comes out of those two, the banter that was happening between those two, the t- tenacity, the work ethic to be able to continue to publish all that music For constantly. Decades. Yeah. Hits after hit after hit. Yeah. Um, it's pretty extraordinary. It is. So how did you meet Charlie? Like, let's go yeah. even further back. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so this is a, I think it's a great story. Okay. Uh, so when we... First started planning uh, Mile Zero Fest. This is this is uh, golly sixteen fifteen. You know, I had been coming and going for a few years. I had identified that Key West would be an incredible place to have a festival. Were you and living here at the time? No, you, okay. no, I wasn't living here at the time, and I was coming and going um, and doing other music related shows. I hadn't yet. I had my own festival. I had worked for festivals. Mm-hmm. Having been a musician, I'd played festivals and played, had my own shows. And, and so I'd certainly been around uh, music my whole life. I went to college on a, on a music scholarship. And so I always had this dream of having a show. So, and secondly, what led me to Key West to, to, to begin with was a huge parrot head. I mm-hmm. lived in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Oklahoma. And uh, this dream of being on the water, this escapism is what Jimmy sells. Right. You know, landlocked Oklahoma is a long way. Yeah. And it's uh, cold. Very cold. A long way from the Atlantic or the Gulf. And yeah. And so, uh, you know, fast forward to a handful of years ago, I started coming and going and saying, what a fantastic place it would be to have a festival. Um, Then as luck would have it, the city announces that they have been, you know, uh, unbeknownst to me and probably most of the public, all of these city leaders, Charlie and, uh, Mayor Craig Cates and uh, Bill Muehlhauser, and mm-hmm. they'd been working for a decade to try to bring a live music venue to Key West. And so when they announced that, it was this aha moment. The amphitheater. The amphitheater, the Key West uh, amphitheater. Uh, the Coffee Butler Truman Waterfront yes. Park Amphitheater. Shout out to Coffee Butler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so <clears throat> to me, it was, uh, it was just this in- incredible right confirmation of they too understand that this city is a world class city and so and so here it was i found myself in the good graces of the mayor uh, craig cates who was really the way i understand it the driving factor in the face of a decent amount of opposition over and over and over over many many years and pushing forward and saying this is the right thing and by the way, it is the right thing, absolutely for sure, the right for sure. thing for the city to have that fantastic facility. And so I had, it was a Friday afternoon, and on Monday we had the big meeting with Mayor Craig Case. So you were here on Friday, not for that. No. And heard about it, and then set the meeting up on Monday? You know, timing-wise, it didn't work out exactly like that, but for the purposes of this story and this <laughs> podcast, that's exactly how it worked. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. You got to squeeze in 47 minutes of, uh, you know... Of course. SVU. Yeah, yeah. That's all got to fit. No, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, this is over many, really for me, it's over years, and then it's into into a few months period. So I get the good fortune of getting the mayor's ear and saying, I understand you're going to have an amphitheater in Key West, and we want to be the very first commercial uh, show there. Mm-hmm. We we can do it, and we're, we're going to bring in people from out of town. Anyway, long story short, uh, Mayor Kate says, great. 
And then Mayor Cates does what really smart people do, especially smart leaders, is they depend on other smart people Mm -hmm. that are in a specific industry to be able to shed light on what they might do. Most specifically, I suspect that he was like, look, I can't vet this guy. I don't have a music production background, but I sure know someone who does, and that's Charlie Bauer. And so on a Friday afternoon, I'll fully admit I was on the golf course, and our fantastic golf course (laughs) here at at, uh, in Key West and Key West Golf Club. And about 2 p.m., the uh, mayor's assistant called me and said, would you mind on your meeting to um, Monday at 9 if the mayor were to bring in Charlie Bauer? And I said, I would love that. And she said, oh, great. I thought I might have to tell you who Charlie was. And mm-hmm. I said, ma'am, I'm thinking about bringing a show to your city. I can assure you I know full well who Charlie <laughs> Bauer is. Right. And she said, great. And so, yeah, that was my introduction to Charlie. We we, we sat uh, with, with Mayor Cates and with Charlie, and, and he – I won't say he ran us through the ringer because he certainly, Charlie's not a run you through a ringer guy. Right. Uh, but he's a listener. For and sure. I think he has a good sense for bullshit. Absolutely. <laughs> he's, his, his he's got meter, a good detector. His meter is strong. Uh, so, you know, we probably sat there and talked for an hour. We talked about what our dream was um, in this particular show to bring people. We didn't suspect that we'd sell a single ticket in Key West to because they wouldn't understand what this music was that we were bringing. These aren't national acts. These aren't the Tim McGraws and Kenny Chesneys and Faith Hills of the world. These are this particular Mile Zero Fest is a very specific genre and typically traditionally has been in a specific area. And so, uh, it but was, it's not just songwriters. No, it's, it's artists. Yeah, it's that's musicians. Right. Yeah, these guys for Mile Zero are yeah they're the creators of their music and they're also the performers too. Right. So. Uh, it just went really, really well. Got a really good feeling from Mayor Cates and from Charlie, and uh, the rest is history, I guess, if you will. And Charlie and I hit it off real well um, right off the bat. And um, yeah, so he, he was a great conduit for us, and he was such a, a, a a huge part of our success still is, but such a huge part of our success, uh, allowing, uh, sharing what he knew about the city, right? So having a, having an event in a city is as much about your ability to pull that event off as it is cooperating with the city. For sure. Cooperating with the venues, cooperating with the business owners, cooperating with the community at large. A city like Key West doesn't need a party. They got plenty of parties. Yeah. And they have a lot of music too. And they have plenty of music. And so, you know, we had the good fortune of being, uh, good fortune is what it ended up being, could have also been a nightmare, being the very first commercial entity to come in and what I would say prove out what all of these people that have been pushing for the songwriters or for the uh, Key West Amphitheater to be, that was bringing in, you know, more than 3,000 people into the city of Key West, many for the first time, bringing them into this, this facility, having a four-day festival. And at the end of the day, it was a shining example of what strong leaders can do, of what um, – you know, funding, you know, the, the, the amphitheater wasn't built just by taxpayers. It was mm-hmm. also built by the TDC. And so, again, we, we felt very um, – there was a great deal of pressure, you know. <laughs> I bet. It's one thing to pull a show off. It's also another thing at the end of it to have the city go. That was great. That was great for our community. That was great for our businesses. Uh, and so, anyway, the the – yeah, I think I think I know for sure. I'll always look back and 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 know that our success, in no small part, 
Charlie will never admit this. He'll never take credit for it. But here we are, and he's not here, so I get to say it. Without Charlie Bauer, Mile Zero Fest, and to some degree at a larger level, the, the Q West Amphitheater would not have the current, what today is, what, what's, of, what's thought of that facility. Um, so, you know. That, that's again to me. That's uh, that's a testament to Charlie. For it's sure, a, a testament to his uh, uh, connections. It's a testament to his work ethic and, and all those things. So that's how. Uh, yeah, Mayor Mayor Kate's Mayor Kate's set us on the course. Yeah, to that's meet great. Charlie that's and, smart. That that the the connection between someone that's doing this and has the tenacity of understanding music and has been in it this long to bring that person in to yeah. be with you. Right. Smart. And to me, super hats off to Charlie because I'm going to ask this next question, but yeah. I say the hats off to him because I kind of already know the answer mm. is why didn't Charlie say, awesome, this is going to be songwriters festival, a part of it instead right. of mile zero. Let's make it four day of, and just brand it as songwriters festival. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know for sure. Um, but he didn't even mention that. No, not at all. That's a testament to him because he yeah. could have attached his brand to that and said, cool, let's make this the end of yeah. Songwriters Festival. We have, well, let's make it now the seven days of this and add this four days on that. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, and, and it's not in his, it's, that's not in his uh, DNA. Uh, he is a cooperative, not yeah, a competitor. For sure. And, and again, it could have been competition for him. Complete. And it right? is. Yeah. At the in end of the one, day. And in one way it is. We are competition. Yeah. We are competition. And that makes, that makes it really unique as well. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I don't know why he's that way, but I'm sure thankful that he is. Yeah. And then, and I, look, there was a whole lot of people standing on the sidelines kind of going, ah, oh, boy, I sure hope it goes good, but I don't know. And, and I'm not going to hitch my wagon to this thing. Now, fast forward, we pull off an incredible event. Uh, the fans are just uh, beside themselves. The event goes really, really well. Uh, the city thinks well of it. And of course, <laughs> After five years, we're an overnight success. <laughs> right. As typical, you know, overnight success, 10 years in the making. Right. That's how it always goes. And and so immediately Charlie comes and he says, he says, hey, I love what you guys do, you know, from an event standpoint. And we're always looking to make songwriters bigger and better. And why don't you, why don't you, why don't we have a conversation about songwriters? Mm. <laughs> and I said, I'm in. Right. We don't need to have a conversation. Right. I'm in. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll sweep the floors. I don't yeah. care. I love the event. I'd been I'd been twice, and doing my homework. And how does this work? And what works? And so, and and to tag on to a little bit about what you said at the end there. You know, why didn't he just immediately say, okay, cool? What we've been doing for twenty two twenty one twenty two years at the time. Yep, we're just going to do it all at the amphitheater. Uh, the one right, kind of like I don't need you kind yeah. of thing. And, and I mean. Now that it's it is what it is, we can say that rather yeah. year one, you're like, wait a minute, you do need me kind of thing because it's a collaborative yeah. process, all of this. But there could have been awesome. Thanks for the idea. Yeah. Now I'm going to do it. Right. You can help me sweep the floors. But he's not that kind of man. He's not that kind of guy. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, I think there's a couple of reasons. And. And Charlie will say, I'll say, I'll speak for Charlie and say that mm -hmm. with, with Songwriters specifically, uh, Songwriters Festival specifically, there are a bunch of people, a bunch of people that some other people know, Nadine Grossman, mm -hmm. of course people know. Uh, but there's 
there's a hundred volunteers yeah. that no one knows helped pull this off. Same with Mile Zero Fest. There are so many people. I get the good fortune of saying, oh, Mile Zero is your show. It is, and I'm very proud that it is that it is mine, quote, unquote. I'm using my quote fingers here. But, dude, uh, I, I'm no good. I'm no good just me, you know? Of course. Uh, it, it takes it – takes, it takes easy a couple hundred people throughout a year. It takes a year to book the, to, these shows. Don't happen in months. No. The before the before the show is is wrapping up, we're planning the the next year. Of course. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm 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 thrilled to be a part of Songwriters Festival, and, and without songwriters, likely not a mile zero. And without either one of them, you know, I don't I don't know what course the amphitheater would be on, but. Key West is a Key West is an is a survivor story, and you look at our uh, the people we cooperate with Ramshead mm-hmm. uh, and and on, uh, you know somebody they, they didn't have a festival out. plan before like while this process was going on right the no. opening of it right no. so that's that's another notch in the belt of a positive experience being able to collaborate because Ram said they're massive, right? And the amount of facilities they have and the people that they deal with are huge. No so it's it's kind of a, an amazing happenstance that they weren't, because this was their backyard, Very right? much so. And weren't like, cool, amphitheater, we're going to start booking festivals and all these things. And then you yeah. come in and you're like, festival. And they're like, well, we already have that yeah. corner too. No thanks, get out. Yeah. Which Bill Bill and, and Kelly and crew could have easily done that too. Mm-hmm. They have uh, plenty of connections to be able to go and and um, protect for their interest. Yeah. Uh, they didn't do that. They wouldn't do that. They're, that's not the kind of people they are. And That speaks a lot about why I'm here and why you live here, too, yeah. is the, the people of Key West are like that. No There's doubt. more to be made in collaboration than there is in, I build the biggest building, but tear down all the other ones around me to grow. It's it's an, it doesn't work that way here. It's an incredible place. I, I've had the good fortune of traveling. I've had the good fortune of working in many different uh, cities in entertainment and, and beyond. And uh, this is unlike most I've – it's unlike any, truly, right. truly, truly. Uh, community, sense of community. Uh, we went to the Christmas parade the other night, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how many parades and parties can one two-by-four island have I know. In a it's year? incredible. And this was like Hallmark Channel with like, you know, that has the numbers on every one of those floats, and it's like f- number 40 is going by. Number yeah. four, and you're like, how many floats 68 are there? 68. Float yeah. 68. I think Fury was 68. We right. were watching for the Fury float. And there's like candy being thrown everywhere, so kids <laughs> are like going berserk. I mean, it's oh, amazing. It's, it's heaven, really. man. It's heaven. But don't move here. Stay where you're at. You guys just come and visit us. Yeah, well, uh, listen, we only have so many uh, places to live. <laughs> yeah. So come and visit yeah. because we don't want it to grow. That's it, It's very funny to look at the consensus uh, year after year of how many people live here. And it yeah. only changes up or down by like five people. Right. It's great. It's not like any other city <laughs> where it's like 25,000 this year and then 30 right. next. And it just it just stays around that magic number. Right. It was like the yeah. 1800s is when we were in 40-something thousand when it was like gold rush and, and pirating. But other right. than that, yeah. we're keeping it as it is. Uh, uh, yeah. Like you said, it's uh, it's an incredible place. and so. Okay. So let me ask you this. I can tell that you have a lot of admiration for Charlie yeah. and I could tell that you have a lot of passion for your business. Where did that come from? You as a kid, where did, where yeah. did those ideals and that, that stability of having this way of thinking come from? Certainly my parents. Um, uh, we didn't have a whole bunch. I grew up in Oklahoma, as I said, rural and, um, a, a working class, very much working class. And, uh, 
you know, so uh, I, I, um, yeah, I think I think about I think about the first few years of festival, right? When you're starting to do something that you dreamt about doing your whole life, one being come to Key West, and, and then two have a festival, you know, have your own festival, and then combining those two, yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't just go, okay, I'm done with that, and I'm going to go start this. See, the way that this works is you do your job that pays your bills, and then you're doing this on the side. Right. And that went for years. And so I had the good fortune of of uh, having um, having a successful business that was able to provide me with capital um, and then combine that with a few other guys that I knew that had capital and said, all right, what are you guys thinking about? Take a, a huge chunk of money and gamble it on this show out there. Yeah, let's do it. And then, uh, you know, I look back, my dad owned uh, his own business. He also worked for uh, Gulfstream Aerospace. He was doing three and four jobs constantly, mm-hmm. and I learned that from him. And so here I was running an oil field services company and traveling across seven different states. Uh, we had sold everything we owned. Uh, my wife and I had uh, owned two two houses, and in, in one of them that we'd rented out and uh, couldn't sell for a while. Uh, our home, our beautiful home that we'd had for a decade, we had a, a, a shopping mall that we uh, she ran a very successful business in. And when when I decided that hey, we're going to do festival, we sold everything and we lived in a camper um, uh, for two and a half years. We lived in a, a forty foot. This is when trailer. you decided you wanted to do miles. Yeah, when we decided, okay, this is it, right? And so I needed we needed to be able to move around for the existing business, but at the same time we needed to have. Uh, we needed to have as as little money going out as mm-hmm. possible, and so that happened. And and she bought in and has yet to kill me, uh, <laughs> which is a testament to her for sure for patience sure. as well. And so no, for sure, work ethic definitely came from my parents. Um, and and this sense that um, you can do if 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 you want to do something, you can do it, and it and it doesn't mean. I think there's this concept that you know rich people got rich because you know, they've always been rich or that they're smarter than everyone else or that not, and that it's not it. No. Right? It's I decide I'm going to do something. Uh, I believe I've got the wherewithal to do it. And then I, you know, I'm just going to do it. And so for the first few years, it was, uh, and, you know, it was, it was not a whole lot of sleep, mm-hmm. uh, and a whole lot of work. And, um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I definitely remember. I definitely remember seeing my dad that way. You right. know, he had uh, he he worked in the aerospace industry and and you know worked at this manufacturing plant and then decided in the seventies that he was going to open a carpet store, which mm-hmm. ended up leading to multiple carpet stores mm-hmm. and flooring stores. And so yeah, so I definitely got that from him. Definitely, definitely un- understood that. Yeah, you want something, and yeah. you want to create something, and you want to do something. You can do it, and you can do a lot more. And you know, don't don't underestimate what your capabilities yeah. are. You Did know? you start in music, like as your first? Hey, I'm done with school. I'm going right. to go into pursuing music as a career. No, for sure. I started in the carpet business. Of course, <laughs> so that Dad's was our business. family business. Yeah. But I did go to college uh, and and had the good fortune of having a scholarship and and graduated pretty quickly. I was in a big hurry to go out and run the world. And, uh, but you did, you went, your scholarship was for music. So did yeah. you think you were going to go into music or were you just like, I've got the scholarship. I'm going to enjoy right. this music thing until I get uh, out and then jump in the family business. No, I definitely went to Nashville. We, uh, I, 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 I did have a dream at one time to, to be a performer and, and I played in a band. We played four nights a week. That was yeah. how we, you know, afforded to, to live in our apartment and how we met girls. Right. And, uh, 
and how we learn to drink beer. <laughs> and also how you learn to put a layer of um, giving up certain things yeah. to get things that you want, which is living in an apartment with four people. For sure. Probably eating crappy food. Ramen. Right? Yeah. That's what you do when you're young. I still eat luckily, ramen. <laughs> uh, there's something about it. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like home. It's comfort food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and for, somehow ramen has uh, evaded inflation. I know. It, it, you can still It's buy. like McDonald's cheeseburgers. It, it's the same <laughs> thing. It's funny how everything else has tripled in price, but yeah. not that. So 99 I'm, cents, I'm, baby. I'm nervous to know what that means, but I'm not going to look into it. <laughs> it's not food. It's yeah. not really food. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so I think that yeah. that... Is a, there's a couple good takeaways for the people listening because yeah. I always like to make this so that it, 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 first we suffocate excuses from people listening because Love if that. you could do it, then other people can do it. Yeah. And also give tidbits of education because some people are afraid and they need a little push or they don't yeah. have peers or parents or anybody to learn from. Right. So I, my, my first question, which will tie into how you were a musician living uh, in air quotes again, what people would think is a crap lifestyle to yeah. live your dream. Yeah. Um, and when you had nothing and then built yourself up in not just music, but transitioning into business and, you know, and going down that route. Yeah. And then the, the ability for most people when they go from nothing to increase their income and then their stuff increases. So their lifestyle of money saved, is exactly how it was when they first started. None. Right? Is they feel that it's scary to go the opposite way. Mm -hmm. And that means is if you have two houses and a shopping center and then all these things and cars, yeah. the thought of, first, how am I going to be judged by my peers if I'm now giving all that up to go live in a camper Right. So first is the judgment part, which you shouldn't be caring about, but some people do. Some people are caught up on that. And then the, how am I going to adapt to that? I know the answer because I've done this as well, yeah. but I'd like to hear your point of view. How quickly did it take to adapt going down? Was it the same as adapting going up? Yeah, for me it was really simple, and and I suspect for my wife Stacy, uh, maybe not as much. She, you know, neither one of us are very materialistic people, and and we had a little thing she stenciled on the wall in the in the camper <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> you have to imagine, you know, I'm six four two ninety, yeah, and I'm living in it. This is a beautiful camper, but at the same time, it's you know, right, it's three hundred and twelve yeah. square feet. Yeah, it's total. limited in space. If two people want yeah. to walk at the we, same, we direction. got two dogs. Yeah, <laughs> two dogs. Everything. I don't think they're. I don't think the dog. Are miniature though? No, right. Uh, and so uh, you know, it's a it's it's a funny uh, sketch, but uh, she st stenciled on the wall wherever wherever we go is home, yeah. wherever we go is home. Right. And boy, that was it for me. It's like, look, uh, you know, we've had the good fortune of working hard. We've had a, a lot of luck on our side. We've built successful businesses. We are what I'll call very comfortable. Yes. We weren't millionaires. We didn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars laying around rolling in it, but. We were, uh, we were comfortable. And to roll the dice and say, all right, let's take all this and let's do it again. Let's pretend like we're in our 20s again yeah. and start over. Uh, had it not been for my belief in the dream and, and, and what it could become, it wouldn't happen for sure. And, and <laughs> look, there's this, uh, you know, I think there's this fallacy, the, the narrative fallacy, I think is what, is what it's called of this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened and it all, it just magically happened. It, 
dude, it's like a river. Right. It's ups and downs. Of and course. It, it, it's, it's round and rounds. And even, you know, it's, it's human nature for us to all doubt ourselves. Um, still to this day, every single, you know, I know I do. I know I still doubt myself. Am I doing the right thing? Is this it? You know, is this going to pan out and all those things? Uh, certainly natural mm-hmm. to think that way. What, as I've gotten older and learned is it's your choice to, to, uh, decide on those things. Yes. I get to decide if I'm going to let it freak me out. And so anyway, uh, you know, not to get too far off track, but we, uh, you know, we did get rid of everything, um, and we did uh, – so far, <laughs> so far we've made it through it. Uh, I forget exactly where, where I was going with my point, but, um, you know, the, the we things – We were talking about yeah. um, the ability to accumulate as you go up, right. but then how easily you got used to going and reducing. Right. No, I mean, t- again, like, you know, you have a 40 inch TV and then now you yeah. have like a tiny little yeah. iPad. Yeah. If you're lucky, TV. you don't have time to watch TV. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I, I, uh, it, we didn't find it tough at all. I didn't find it tough at all, but I'm, I'm also a, a bit of a gypsy, mm-hmm. a bit of a pirate. Um, uh, I, I find new places fascinating and I get bored if I'm in one spot for too long. And I certainly get bored if, if we're not trying something new. I, I do like to gamble a bit, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, uh, and I like to try myself mm-hmm. and I don't mind failing. I think that's a big part is, uh, you can't be afraid to fail. Um, and you can't be, you know, you, you, you can't sit around and say, you brought up a good point about, so here, imagine I'm in Oklahoma. I'm 40 at the time, 42 years old. We could have just as easily, we had just bought 17 acres, this, this little farm, and we built a, a, a Quonset. If you know what a Quonset barn mm-hmm. is, we built a Quonset barn. It looks like an airplane hangar. It's right. what they used in the, in the, in the first World War Two, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a semicircle barn. Yeah. We built a house inside. We could have just as easily stayed there. We could have stayed there in our until our seventies and and uh, and seen grandchildren and and on and on. But we didn't. And, and when when you say these kinds of things, I'm going to take this huge risk to your parents, of course. Yeah. You know, my parents, uh, they they just uh, hey, follow your heart, you know right. that kind of thing. And so I had the good fortune of not having parents, but. When we, when I would tell my friends that, that this was, this was it, we're going to sell everything and, you know, I'm moving to Key West and we're going to do these festivals. The first, of course, comment is you're fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, here it is. You've spent, you know, 20 years building what you have and now you're ready to just piss it in the wind. Um, and I think the reason that people, anyone in, in the world that cares about you, their first uh, knee-jerk reaction is to protect you. Whether they're cognit- cognitively thinking about that or not, it's to protect you. And so my friends would say, dude, come on. I mean, you can't do that. I mean, what are you talking about? Like, what? Yeah. So, and I don't think they're doing that to be negative. I don't think they're doing They're doing that because the world can be a place that says, don't do that. Don't take a risk. Play it safe. Well, there's a lot things. of people that when you tell them that you're going to do this, yeah, like I don't imagine that every one of your friends was a thousand percent happy doing what they were doing for a living because the majority aren't. aren't most aren't yeah so for somebody to hear the thing that they try to avoid subconsciously themselves which is i don't like this 
I should be doing something I love and taking yeah. a step back, but nobody else is doing it and could layer on a couple of excuses naturally to protect themselves. Yeah. Then when a, a close friend does that, it's a shock because one, they potentially could lose their friend Yeah, because no they leave. Then they want to protect their friend. But there's that mystery thing inside that says, you know, you could be doing this too. Right. That no people doubt. don't like to hear. They do not like to see that. Fat people like to be around fat people all yeah. the time. Yeah. It, you, you rarely have the one fat person around all the rip people because they're like, hey, buddy, get to the gym. And they're like, no, 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 no. I can't because my metabolism and I got a bad gallbladder and my <laughs> yeah. knee hurts and like all the other reasons that the other friends will talk about. I will when I will when I. Yeah. I'll do yeah. it when. Right. right. Now, it's right. The easy... road to someday leads to a town called nowhere. <laughs> it's just how it is. That's exactly right. And still to this day, I think. Uh, not think I know. I, I talk to people and they say, "Well, how's Key West going? It's fantastic." You mm. know, I'm really enjoying it. Well, I mean, when are you coming back to the real world? Yeah, right. Uh, when, when are you going to stop living that fantasy? And I think that's again. I, I don't think most people. I don't think it's a jealousy thing. P- potentially could be, but look, if you are going to do what makes you happy, rather that is what you're going to do for a living, what you're going to do in your personal life with with, with a, another person. Uh, you just can't sweat other people. You yeah. just can't. You can't be what they want you to be because it's damn sure not going to make you happy. Yeah, you you know it's cliche to say now, but you do you. And if and if people come in and out of your life because of that, then so be it. Yeah. You just can't sit around and contemplate every single move as to what's how's my oh, what am I, what's my mom going to think of this and what's my you know brother going to think and what what do you think my neighbors are going to think about yeah. this and but the people I went to school with what do you think they're going to think and shit you'll never do anything yeah just well, go if, do it think of it like this when you're 80 years old and you're on that rocking chair on your porch the last thing you want to do is when you go and look in the bathroom is see a face of regret. Because if you go to like an old age home and you have a conversation, like if you're on the fence on whether you should do something or not, go donate your time for the weekend at an old age home and ask those people if they have any regrets. And there'll be a long line of people who are in their 90s or 80s who will, maybe not right away, but the more you get to talking to them, they'll say, you know, I really wish I would have done this. Yeah, and they can't. And I think what I think what you're getting at here is they don't tell you about what they did they regret. They tell you about what they didn't do. Right. Yeah, I I shouldn't, you know, I yeah. I really wish I would have got into the movie business. Yeah, I wanted to be an actor, but my dad said this or my mom said this or I went to sure. school for this or my family this. I wish I would have asked Sally that. out. Yeah. I wish I would have Right. No. I, I wish yeah. I would have traveled the world or whatever those wishes were. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're better off getting heckled by your friends after 10 years of trying something and failing and coming back because you can say I died on my own sword no rather than coming back or not doing it and then they all do it or you have regret because you wish you would have at least tried. Yeah, I, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who doesn't like to fly and I said, well, why don't you like to fly? It's like, you know, I just don't trust it. And of course, you know, I try to go into the whole statistical thing and you're way more likely to get killed in a car, a car wreck and, mm-hmm. and on and on. Uh, my daughter flies airplanes. She got her private pilot license at 20. And, and I kind of got to thinking about this. Are people really afraid of dying in an airplane or are they just afraid of dying? Yeah. And I think, of course, it's natural to be afraid of dying. And the reason I believe we're afraid of dying is because we won't get done what we wanted to get done. 
And so just exactly it. I, I, I had a, uh, a, a very clear remembrance of when my dad's dad, my granddad, was uh, near uh, dying uh, in, I don't know, probably the last year and a half or so. Uh, my grandmother had already passed, and he was you know, in a wheelchair and, and eventually in a home. And, and every time I went and talked to him, you know, he would get emotional, of course, and he would say how much he loved us and all those things. But really what he would talk about was – I wished I would have. Mm-hmm. And or you golly, go out, still, you know, always like you go out and do this. Like you make sure. Yeah. Like your grandfather yeah. would have been like, you go to Key West and do that right. because you know, <laughs> no you, doubt, you get he was that a, thing. He was a rebel, uh, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, so I get in an airplane now. I get that, you know. Uh, to, uh, uh, dude, I'm not, I'm I'm cool with it yeah. because every single day is a. I'm working towards what I want to work towards. It yeah. may not end up meaning that I have any money. It may not end up meaning that I, you know, have any level of success in the industry or be anybody. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But if I were in an airplane and that sucker were going down, I can promise you, I would say I left it all out there, man. Yeah. I did it all. I, yeah. I took every risk I ever wanted to take. And, and, you know, I did it my way, if you yeah, want to say Frankie, it that way. But Frankie, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and 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 everyone can do that. Truly, yeah. everyone can do that. They truly can. You, you, you live here. You live in. You live in the United States. Mm-hmm. You, you know, right. uh, we're blessed that you have the ability to do that. Truly, here. So don't. You know, it, it's funny because one of my mentors that I listen to, uh, he's got a great podcast. He'll always say, like, you would be dumbfounded if up on the wall was a list of where you rank in the world, mm-hmm. number one to number eight billion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just on a hierarchy of needs. And where you fall, like especially if you're a white man living in America, no you, doubt. you are in that top one one millionth of a percent. Right, no doubt. Then America and then all the way down and it trickles down to like some poor sap that's God knows where. It's like the bottom person. Uh, I, I spent a month in India two years ago. We yeah, went over so there to do know. contract work and, and it... I've always, I think, like I've, I've always felt very fortunate. I've felt uh, lucky. I've felt all those things. Uh, I'm not a complainer about what my lot in life, and that you know we didn't have anything when I was growing up, and all those things. But man, when I went to India, exactly what you're talking about, it was crystal clear to me that like if life was a hand of cards, mm-hmm. and, and you only got you ever play three card, mm-hmm. right? You play three card, white. American yeah. <laughs> male. Yeah. That those would be right. And so but that doesn't mean right. White American female. Right. Just black Amer- American. And then just male. American. Right. <laughs> just American. That, just a, that alone. Yeah. And then it, it could be not even citizen, but green card. Then it could be living here. Yeah. Right. I but, mean, there's a million things about how blessed we are. And that's why travel, I think, is always important to other countries because then you see those things. And, and I just don't, I don't see it on, and I'm not on it a lot outside of our business pages. I don't see it online. I, you know, I see a lot of people, like you said earlier, kind of making excuses about why they're not where they should be, why they're not happy, you know, all these kinds of things. And I think, you know, I'm not one to preach to anybody about anything. I can tell you what my experience is. And if, if any of that motivates you to do something, fantastic. But don't sit around and bitch, man, because I don't want to hear it because you're not right. Me neither. You're just not right. If somebody else did it, then you could do it. Yeah. It's that simple. And a lot if you can point out one person that did it, then you're there's no excuse that you can't do it. Yeah. So let's talk about mile zero. Yep. What what are the dates? 
for 2020, January 28th through February 1st. January 28th is a Tuesday, and we shut down the street much like Songwriters Festival has done the last few years. We shut down Duval Street. Mm -hmm. That's a free show. Uh, any to open to anybody, and um, the stages will be built right on Duval. Stages built right at uh, Duval and Green mm-hmm. faces, uh, you know, Sloppy Joe's and and up Duval past Ricks and Dirties and Irish Kevin's and right. all those fantastic right. places and, and Smoking Tuna eventually. And um, yeah, that to us, I mean, that's an all cost show. We don't have any way to reap um, revenue, uh, with the exception of a little bit of sponsorship dollars, but. You know, it's definitely a net loser for us mm-hmm. uh, financially, mm-hmm. um, but we're doing it for a couple of reasons. We're doing it, one, to say thank you to the city of Key West for putting up with us. We bring a bunch of rowdy Texans and Oklahomans, and uh, surprisingly now, just for Mile Zero Fest, we sell a pass in every state in the United States mm. other than Alaska. Right. So Alaska, this is uh, your – I'm calling you to the carpet. That's right. You need to be – I'm number one from Anchorage, <laughs> that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make the hat if you show up. Uncle yeah. Becca's inappropriate trucker's hat. That's right. I'll buy you one. Um, and so uh, Tuesday night's a free show. Tuesday, January 28th, we'll kick off at about 6 o'clock and, uh, and finish off at 10. And then the festival starts So that's in multiple earnest. people singing. Yeah, three bands. Right on that stage. Right on the stage, right okay. on the street. Come and go as you please. Awesome. And then also after the show, after 10 o'clock, starting around 1030, we go into Ricks and Dirties and over to the Smoking Tuna, and we put our bands in there. And that's free, too. You can come and go as you please. Those bars are open. Mm-hmm. And then starting off on Wednesday, all the way through Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, we open the gates at the amphitheater at about 4 p.m., and they run till about 11 p.m., five, six bands each day. And, uh, you know... These I don't know exactly who our listenership is here, but mm-hmm. if it's locals, they may or may not be familiar with the bands. But every person that I've talked to or that has taken the time to speak to me has said, you know, I didn't know anything about Shiny Ribs. Greg Velez is one of them, our city manager. I didn't know anything about Whiskey Myers. I didn't know anything. You know, I love the concept of of sharing our music with people who aren't familiar with it. And I say our music, I take, you know, I take ownership of, of our and of our brand and our and our product that we put out there, very proud of of uh, these musicians and what they create. So, how you curate positive them. energy? How do you curate the the musicians? Uh, yeah. So we <laughs> that too, as you might imagine, is a story. Um, well, so uh, let me finish up on the, sure. on the festival. Sure, if we sure. got time for it. Yeah, we do. Uh, so. Uh, uh, the amphitheater obviously is what you know. The right, focal that's Wednesday point. at four that starts. Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But we also all um, all four of those days we are also in twelve other locations across the island. We run from about eleven a.m. till four p.m. at places like the Tuna and Ricks and Dirties, Southernmost Beach Resort Cafe. And those are free to get Sunset into? Pier. No, now these okay. are all. If you bought a pass, you're going to be able to get into these venues. So you can't get into Ricks on mm-hmm. Wednesday at mm-hmm. night mm-hmm. if you're just a regular person. That's right. Unless you have, it's a private venue. It's a private. It's a private party Mm. at twelve other locations. Now, Southernmost Beach Resort Cafe. We do let people come and go there. Yeah, Sunset Pier. um, You can stand near the pier, right? And here, go in the water. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. If you got a boat, Uh, we do have some tiki boats this year. You've seen the. Yeah, they're awesome. They're by Mellow Ventures. Uh, We've got a few of them this year that we're going to be selling uh, spots on. Anyway, it's cool. Yeah. Once Wednesday starts, it is very much a paid event. It's very much a private event, and these people pay good money to Mm -hmm. come from all over the United States, and and so. 
you, you can find out more about the show of at course. mile zero, the number zero fest.com. Um, you can download the app. We've got an incredible app. It's not quite live yet. We're going to call it, you know, December 16th to 25th, somewhere in there. The app will be released and you can buy from there. You can buy online. And uh, you can buy show, a single day pass if you want. And you a know? calendar in there, right? Mm-hmm. Of saying like, okay, mm-hmm. it's Wednesday. Here are all the different private parties going yes. on. Or you can just come to the amphitheater. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. That if you bought a Thursday pass, it's going to get you into the shows during the day. It's going to get you into the shows at, at the amphitheater, and then after the amphitheater, we run uh, from you know uh, ten thirty eleven p.m. until two a.m. So, quite literally, we're running music, uh, you know, from eleven a.m. to two or three a.m. It's it's a lot to take in. Yeah. This year we have eighty seven artists wow. on thirteen stages. We have a hundred and forty one sets of wow. right, hundred and forty one acts playing. Um, some of those are playing twice, but it boy, it's a it's a lot of incredible entertainment. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So at four o'clock when the amphitheater is going on, are mm-hmm. there any other shows in other venues going on, or they all stop and then that's? Yeah, very little. We try not to compete. You I know, like that. If I, if I look ten years down the road and the show continues as most do, like Songwriters mm-hmm. has to grow and to to reach a larger audience, um, you know, p- possibly there's going to be some contrast of of shows. But as of now, it it gets fired up in the morning and you have you know your bloody marys and mm-hmm. and maybe your beers and then you go the amphitheater and start on your jack no, i mean i love that because the one because i've been in the event business doing sales and yeah. the majority of the event business i've been has been in one venue yeah which is super easy for sponsorship because you know we got three thousand people in there and they're captive right where it's down here it's like awesome it's a five-day event but it's like seventy-five thousand things going on at once sure. at the same time there's no hub right and if there is a hub there's 50 other things going on while that hub's going on like i love going to new orleans and going to the jazz fest because i know i can go in there and i can set up yeah. and i could be done but then if you're in the know there's 50 other bars where those musicians will go and play that's a good point and I explain the difference now that I've had a couple of years of Songwriters Festival under my belt. Songwriters Festival, don't forget, 200 artists, 38 stages. Need I go on? Uh, With Mile Zero and shows like this, what I'd call a boutique show, is it's if you've ever been to a Little League soccer game, wherever the ball goes, the players go. (laughs) And with Mile Zero, it's very much that way. I mean, even though we're scattered over a few venues, everyone goes to the amphitheater together. And it's this. These people create literally – best friends at these shows, people they didn't know, one guy from North Carolina and some other guy from San Francisco or a guy from Virginia, and we watch them online. We watch them create their own fan groups. We watch them create experiences outside of our show, mm. and so you know, we haven't really broke into what one of the major factors that I believe that made Mile Zero as successful and continues to is technology. Yeah. Our ability to communicate with other humans about what we like, uh, you know, together, what our what we both enjoy is what is really what makes it possible for once a year for a bunch of like-minded people mm-hmm. to get together at the southernmost point in the United States and have a party. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, no, I love that, that you're able to have that connectivity because the friends that you meet, you could then plan for next year and then you can bring your other friends and introduce them and it just oh, grows by word of mouth because of that. Yeah, and we're, you know, uh, Mike Poole, my 
he's his his title is director of artist relations, but you met him. He's mm-hmm. not a guy that that speaks a whole lot of words, Marine. Well, once you and, once you crack the shell, he won't <laughs> shut up. But <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy. And uh, and so we're talking about the show, and and we get a lot of questions about, well, is it kid friendly? Well, it is kid friendly, but you still have to buy a pass. And so Mike's saying is Mile Zero Fest is the place to make them, not take them. Right. <laughs> That's great. Oh my god, total slogan right Dude, there. Dude, completely. And so, <laughs> We're talking about kids at the for the yeah. same listeners. <laughs> uh so yeah, I like to think there's a lot of baby making practice going down yeah, at the that's festival. Right. That's and, right. We can uh, get Trojan as a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> if you're out there listening. Uh, is there reps for that job? Oh yeah, I think so. Um so uh, one question I have is when you're starting this, yeah. How do you approach like Ricks and say, hey, on a Friday, hmm. we're pretty much going to shut down your bar yeah. and make it a private event. Now, I know how you do it. They say, awesome, here's how, yeah. here's how much it's going to be. Yeah. But how do you get all of those places to buy into that year one like that? Because it's not like that for Fantasy Fest. Because um, it's, I mean, there, there's little bits of buy-ins and closeouts like that. But this right. is like... For those four days, it's all of that. Anything during the day is you have to have a ticket to get in there. Whereas Fantasy Fest, you don't need a ticket to come to no. Fantasy Fest. And Songwriters Festival to some yeah. degree and and on and on. And it's a great question. And, and, and it it's because you understand Key West. You've yeah. been around a lot. These bars are very busy. Yeah. Uh, the hotels are very busy. The restaurants are very busy. And so when you go in there, hey, uh, I've got this great idea. I'm going to bring people to your bar. And yeah. they're like, cool. I already like, got how that long going. Been, and how long you've been living in Key West? Right. And you're like, not 10 years. Uh, yeah, fly like, out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take a walk, buddy. I mean, yeah. So, um, was, should Charlie help with that too? Charlie, certainly, <laughs> whether he knows it or not, I used his name. Of course. But, yeah, my buddy Charlie Bow. And, and hey, like, Charlie oh. Bauer and I were talking, and yeah. oh, by the way, did I let you know I know Charlie Bauer? Yeah, and uh, and so uh, yeah, I think mean, I, th- I think I'm if 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 anything, I can be a, a decent salesperson. Mm-hmm. But but year one was a promise um, of uh, you know I don't know how your bar is going to do, but I can promise you this: we're going to bring a bunch of people to the city every single year. And if you get in now, mm-hmm. if you'll get in on the ground floor here, we're going to continue to bring people. And eventually, maybe year one, and I know for a fact, places lost money by put, shutting down for our private event. Maybe even last year they did too. Mm-hmm. But to see the difference between year one and year two, humongous. I mean, just humongous. And so, um, you know, we I just flat out said, you're going to want to be a part of this. And, and and don't miss out. And yeah. so, what percentage are out of towners? Ninety ninety seven percent. Do you know how many are first timers to Key West? Um, year one, we had a we we did a poll, mm-hmm. and um, more than eighty three percent of them had never been to Key West before. That's another selling point that people don't understand. That if you're yeah. a bar owner, yeah. you're like, oh, I lost right now. But what about those people that are going to come back multiple times throughout the year? Because sure. I'm sure you're selling tickets like to people in Florida, yeah. right? So it's easy to come down here and be like, I want to go to that bar because yeah. I had a great time there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and and there's there's certainly business people um, like Mark Rossi and, and Fred Bushy and um, and Dom and, and um, Sean and, and Sean McConnell and, and on and on. I could, you know, I 
I've 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 run a big bar before, mm-hmm. and let me tell you, it's a whole lot of work. Stack that on top of one of the most competitive, if not the most competitive, bar environments. You you know, in Key West, I believe you have got a two by four mile island with two hundred and fifty ish liquor license on yeah. it. Um, you know, probably a hundred and eighty of those are bars, right? And they don't uh, need you to make money selling alcohol. No, they don't. But again, that goes back to that community feeling thing. The last thing on earth those guys want is to have a festival. They've seen it with songwriters. They've seen it with Fantasy Fest. And and so when they saw Mile Zero Fest, they're kind of like, this is intriguing. And they don't want to be on the out of it. They want to be in it. And that's not just because of profit. Yeah. Matter right. of fact, it's in the face of profit. Yes. It's adverse to profit. You know, it's the, it, yeah. It, it would be a tough sell in most places. Yeah. But man, here, if you mention you're going to have a party, they're like, well, yeah, we want to be a part of Of the course. Party. That's of a big course. thing. I, you know, it's just a mindset here in Key West. And they And to support live it. By and it. I'm sure, like, when I, when I learned about Mile Zero, when I was yeah. living in Miami, I was like, you know, it's about time. Right. Because I like going to real festivals yeah. that aren't scattered. And it's like, we have a festival, but, like, it's all over the place. I was like, wow, this is like a whole bunch of bands coming to one location. Yeah. It's at the amphitheater pretty much. Like you can literally say, awesome, I'm going to stay in my hotel yeah. during the day and relax by the pool. And I'm not going to go to any other event unless it's at my hotel and Completely. then go at four o'clock. And it's still worth your money for that. Yeah, it's still seven hours. Yeah. A, a day. Yeah. Four days. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you break it down, it's so a ridiculous. Even if you did that. Yeah. Which is like on the worst case scenario, it's still amazing to be able to do that. Big event. Yeah, big event. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and there are certainly people that do that. There's people that get up. <laughs> I think one of the challenges as a festival producer is to not do too much. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, you know, we have this saying of get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Our job is to set set the scene. Our job is to make sure that it's well organized, that it's well communicated, and then get the hell out of the way. Let the creative people, the artists, and the attendees who, let me tell you, these people are fanatic about it. You don't need to do a whole lot. Let them do what they do. Right. Let the artists and the fans Yeah, let the get organism just move as it moves. Just get out of the way. Right. Get out Makes of the sense. way. And so, yeah, Key West, man, you do <laughs> If we didn't have anything other than the amphitheater, what do you want to go do? I want to go do a historic tour and learn about the right. town. I want to go fishing. I want to go golfing. I want to go sailing. I want to go diving. I want, come on. There's not enough time. You right. know. Right. We don't. We live here and don't get to see, right. you know, 90% right. of the, uh, the things that are going on here. It's incredible. Right. That's why if you do want to come, like say you wanted to come with four people. Yeah. Two husband, two wives. And the women like these bands. Yeah. And the men don't. Yeah. They don't want to go and partake in any of that. There's yeah. a million other things to do. That's the beauty of West. <laughs> the Red Garter. Yeah, they, see, the girls could be, <laughs> the girls could be at Rick's and Dirties. Yeah. And the guys, or vice versa. Right. The you guys could be hey. watching the music yeah. and the girls could be at Red Garter. It's got it all. It's yeah. got it all. And so, you know, to back the microscope up a bit, I was just jumping up and down. Mile Zero Fest was one thing. But believe me, we're not stopping at Mile Zero Fest. This town, look at it this way. You're going to throw a party here, right? What do you need? You need infrastructure. They got it. Community services, of course they've got that provided by the city. Emergency services, no problem at all. F&B, they got lots of that. (laughs) Hospitality. Man, when you step off that plane and you walk down and you get on that hot concrete, you're... 
And especially when you come from somewhere cold. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you and then you go you get outside. The, you, you get, get your the, luggage yeah. and you go outside and within three minutes you're like at a hotel. Dude, not like an hour. You don't even have to wait. I know. There's a tiki bar at the airport I while know. you're waiting on your luggage. Now, folks, if you've not been to Key West, this airport is about thirty feet wide by about ninety feet long. Yeah. The whole sum bitch. Yeah. And <laughs> you may come out of the plane big. and walk downstairs, like walk down the stairs to the ground yeah. and be like, where am I? Because it's like welcome to the Conk Republic right yeah. there. So I mean that says it all about It's kinda where like flying to Jamaica or it some is. other place. You're like but... on another island and you're just like hmm. Well and so you know that that was not lost on me. I, I had been around enough production and events to understand uh, dare I say, Firefest? You know, if you've yeah, seen that documentary, yeah. uh, it gives me the hives thinking about it. But if you understand that to throw a party, you really need to have those three last things mm -hmm. infrastructure, community services, emergency services, and then to make it a good time, hospitality, and on and on. It makes it so much easier. Like when I did a conference, we had 3,000 people and it was like an airport hangar was yeah. the space and it was raw. So there wasn't even lights in there. What there about was water? Power, what about bathrooms? Right? There was bathroom, power, and HVAC and that was it. But we had to build all the conference space. We had to rent yeah. all the furniture. I mean, it, it, was, it was so much work because it was like, Yes, we had hospitality because there are hotels in Miami. But other than that, yeah. everything else had to be brought in and it was like a million dollars to do that. Yeah, it's it's and still yet, you know, we have a long way to go out at the amphitheater. But but again, you know, here's what here's what people at Key West can look forward to. And for people that are listening that say, I want to come to Key West, but dude, I'm not into country or red dirt or Americana or whatever you want to call it. And I'm into Cali reggae. Hey, soon come. Yeah, I promise you. Right. I, I'm into blues and jazz. You know, yes, I know, please. Uh, I know Smuggler Jim and and uh, Mark and and crew are working on a blues and barbecue shit. Look. In 10 years, and I said this to the city when it was still sand. Mm. By the way, I want to go back to that story about it being sand and, yeah. and creating a show that didn't exist, but we pretended that it existed because that's what you do. Yeah. That's really what you do. Um, fake it till you make it thing, but I'm jumping up and down and saying, when you get this facility built and it starts to gain momentum and people start to realize, A, that this facility, while it's not some $20 million in a world-class amphitheater, some people have called it a band shed and some, you know, it doesn't have a lot of bathrooms. We have to bring those in. It doesn't have uh, production offices and green rooms and on and on, but we can bring those in. Mm -hmm. And the reason we can bring them in is because the city, because this city will keep people. And this city, when you say, when you say Key West, that's all you have to say. Yeah. I don't need to explain to you where it is. Right. I don't need to explain to you what it is. If I say it in China, mm -hmm. Key West, mm -hmm. it's like Las Vegas, yeah. right? And so this facility is – to have this facility in a city is one thing. But a it small fits city. the island, the size yeah. of it. I mean, imagine yeah. if it was this big 10,000-person, yeah. huge amphitheater like right. they built onto the water. It would just be an eyesore. Oh, they got it right. They got it right. And again, they, 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 they But did. it holds a lot too because Slightly Stupid had like 3,000 people Four, there. Four, 4,000, right. I mean, that's massive. No, it's absolutely, it's perfect is what yeah. it is. It's perfect. 
and and so some of it was by absolute design and great thinking. Some of it was by luck, mm-hmm. like like life has a way of working out to be. Um, you know, you can't you can't always plan everything. Um, professionals, um, experts, using yeah. our quote fingers, yeah. they don't know everything. Yeah. You know, so but anyway, if you look ten years down the road, this amphitheater and this city will be hopping because of the facility. It will be. I mean, you know, it's going to be Key West is a destination city and the city leaders now, Greg Velez is has flat out said it's my intention to make Key West synonymous with music just like Austin is, just yeah. like Nashville is. Just like New Orleans is too. I mean, and why wouldn't it? You have a hundred bars around here that have really truly extremely talented artists, musicians playing every single day. Key West should be as synonymous with music. And now that amphitheater gives this city and the sunset green. Yeah. And, and I know that the Perry's working on it. We went out there and, and saw their new Beautiful. Dude, Amazing. This And place. that barbecue. More, we need more barbecues. Thank God. More barbecues coming. <laughs> Absolutely. This weekend barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, man. It's. Uh, I like the fact excited. that you know we're in a two by four island, but mm. yet they're keeping this space, right? It's like New York City has Central Park where they right. can make a lot of money putting buildings there, yeah. and here we don't have any space, but yet they keep the greens in this area here, and they're putting it for music because. From a bar perspective and a hotel perspective, they're already all set up for music. Right. Right. It's not like you have to come in a space and go, cool, we need to design a sound stage and we have speakers. I mean, the infrastructure for music is already here everywhere Completely. on the island. Yeah. And, it, and for, a, for a promoter, uh, producer like we are, we get instantaneous credit for that. They're like, yeah. people, you know, we're not even running something. And here they are walking down the street and they happen to walk into Sloppy Joe's and yeah. they happen to walk into uh, anywhere. Anywhere. Absolutely anywhere. The, what people remember is the time they had. Mm-hmm. Some of it associated with the event that you're throwing and some of it not. I'll give you a perfect example. During Mile Zero Fest is the Key West Food and Wine Festival. That festival in its own is this incredible, you know, festival it's going on at the exact same time exact same time in a two by four mile island yeah guess what both people will believe that the world is revolving around them at the time of their particular experience mile zero festers will not know Mm -hmm. (laughs) that the key west food and wine festival is going on and vice versa that's a testament to what this city is what it's capable of you put that in any small town other small town, it's going to fold. Yeah. It just won't work. It, no, it, it won't just, work. It won't work. They don't have the infrastructure they don't, you know, that I know of. I don't know of any others. You know, maybe there are, but. Yeah. So the what what are the types of tickets? I know people can go and get this online, but just briefly, what are the type of tickets that someone can buy for Mile Zero? Yeah. So currently we have, we're uh, 49 days, um, 12 hours and 13 minutes away from our <laughs> <laughs> from opening. So uh, a little over a month and a half. Um, and we are, we currently still have a four day uh, passes, what we call the beach bum. Mm-hmm. That pass will get you into the amphitheater and all the shows. Um, for all four days, and it's three ninety nine. Uh, it, it, it's a it's a big ticket. It is and no, we, but it's we, a deal. We, yeah, we understand it. Like you said, I mean, take it by the number of artists. Figure out how much that is yeah. per well, artist. It's four days per band. It's like a hundred dollars a day. Right, I mean, hundred dollars a day, and there are you know uh, thirty bands a day. Take that number and divide, or take it by hours. However you want to calculate it. It's a uh, 
it, it, it's a fantastic price. Um, if you say, hey, I'd love to come, but I can't afford 399 bucks, or I can, I can only come two days, not a problem. You can buy a single-day pass for 139 bucks. Mm-hmm. That pass also gets you into all the day's events. So you can get up in the morning, start at 11 a.m., go watch music till 4 p.m., go to the amphitheater, watch music till 11 p.m., go back to the Duval Street, watch music till 2 a.m. Right. Come on. I mean, right. So 139 bucks. Again, you can find them at mileszerofest.com, milezero, the number zero fest.com. Click on bypasses and you can do it right there online. You have deals with hotels though too, right? Where you can buy a pass that has a package for we, hotels. Then? We do. We, we are, since we're so close now, we've already sold out of all of our packages. Right. But, but what for, were they? What were they? So a package. So right, there's two offerings. A package is Mark, it's going to include your accommodations, you know, uh, four, five, six, seven nights, whatever you want. Typically, they're five-night packages mm-hmm. coming in on Tuesday and leaving on Sunday. But the package includes your accommodations, your pass, excursions with Fury Water Adventures, private parties, and et cetera, um, a trolley pass so that you can get around. Or if you say, look, I do all that myself. I- I've got Hilton points, or mm-hmm. uh, I go on Hotwire and I book my rooms or, you know, whatever. I've got family in the Keys. You can just buy a pass right. and, and not come with all that. So we have already sold out of the packages. But I love that, that if you're like, yeah. I don't want to deal with anything. I don't want to drive. Nothing. I want to come in, get off the plane, go in my hotel, and yeah. be carted around everywhere. You yeah. have that ability because there's a lot of other festivals around the country that don't offer that. They just say, yeah. you get in and figure the rest out yourself. So you have both options. I would be remiss to not to not mention Key West information. Key West Info is a is a sister company of Fury Water Adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Saunders and Alyssa Everett and Mary Felger and and you know Fury. If of you're course. a local, you know who Fury is. Um, and I think sometimes Fury gets beat up because they're the big company. And and but let me tell you, these are these are homegrown. Badass people. Yeah, you can listen to Scott's interview on this podcast, and the, you get, the story is still legendary. City of Key West is what it is because of business owners like Scott, yeah. and leaders like Alyssa and Mary, etc. And so I say that because you know here we are. We're going to bring an event to the to Key West, a thousand miles from where we all live. You can imagine it's a it's a huge logistical undertaking to organize every single component soup mm-hmm. to nuts. We hire all the bands. We go to the agencies. We work with their management to get them here. We have transportation. We have to get them to the airport. They have to fly right. here. This is just a talent. To get, come on. <laughs> this is just a talent. Forget about <laughs> yeah. the customers. Thousands of attendees. Yeah. There's hundreds and hundreds of people associated with the talent. And so – all right, now we want to offer the attendees this incredible thing. How do we do this? And Scott and Alyssa and Marion said, yeah, I think Key West Info can do this. Mm. And they, like us, didn't have the software, didn't have the train. They didn't have it, but they said, we know Key West pretty well. And they we're smart people. So we built a partnership with them. They knew the island extremely well. And betwixt us, yeah. we were able to figure it out. And so... Uh, mostly them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take full credit for being a, a fly on the wall in most of the conversations. And so, no, you're right in that, you know, it's the same with the hotels here. You say, hey, I'm bringing a festival to town. They're like, cool. Uh, we're going to book your rooms. They're like, oh, cool. Tap you on the shoulder and say, bro, we're already booked. Yeah. It's January and February. I know. This we're stuffed full. Peak. Anyway. And so, 
There's been a lot of buy-in from the hotels as well. They want to be a part of the experience. Mm. Roger Levering over at Ocean Key and uh, Megan and with Kempton and, and and Jane Brannigan at Southernmost and Highgate and on and on. I could I That's could do great. two hours with you of telling you 150 people that I have the good fortune of knowing, calling my friends, and getting to work with. Yeah. And that only happens if someone wants to buy in. They don't need it. They don't need it. They right. don't need us to book rooms. Right. You're not doing it in August and September. Like, hey, we're going to do no. this in the worst time for you. Yeah. They're like, I guess what I'm going to do. Yeah. I need a block of rooms during your busiest time and guarantee and a good price. Hey, could I get a discount? Yeah. And they're like, who is this guy? But this is Key Kick West. rocks, pal. Yeah. Kick rocks. <laughs> uh, well, and so, yeah, what I'd learned a long time ago and, and reinforced here in Key West is... Uh, if you get the right people involved, uh, the Charlie Bowers, yeah. the Scott Saunders, the Michael Halperns, the, yeah. the, the, the leadership at the city and on and on and on, these people truly, truly bleed conk blood. Yeah, they that's really for sure. do. For sure. They just do. So I love it. I love it. So we can go on and on and continue to we go could. on. Yeah. But, um, I think, I think this is good for now. All right. Great. We definitely have a part two. How's tomorrow t- look? Yeah. <laughs> We could go into part two, but what 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 do you what ask do you have of the people listening yeah. when it comes to doing something? It doesn't have to be something this big because it's a big undertaking. What you've you've come up with, yeah. but what what do you what do you want people to do as far as following their dreams or taking that first step? Like, what do they need to hear? Yeah, uh, listen to smarter people than 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 me and than yourself. Uh, a little bit, but don't listen for too long. <laughs> yeah. What about if, that gut? Like listen to that gut of yours. Too. Yeah. Listen to your gut a whole lot more. If, if you have, uh, if you know, if you absolutely know in your heart of hearts that you are something, that you are meant to do something, that you have this drive to do it, you know, follow it. I mean, I'm not a motivational speaker, but I can tell you. Whether or not I end up broke or whether or not this ends up being the greatest thing or the worst thing ever, I won't have any regrets about it. And I'll know that exactly what I'm doing right now at mm-hmm. this moment and, and, and every decision I make going forward is, uh, I, I won't look back and regret it at all. Um, you know, it's like, I don't know. That's a, that's a great big question. I'd like yeah. to, I'd like to, <laughs> can I have a, you can, can, bank can I have more time, time, Alex? Yeah, yes. Um, yeah, don't bank that. Scratch that. Hmm. I don't know. I think probably if you talk to most people, they'd say, yeah, he'll definitely give you his opinion, but you got me on the spot here. Um, take away. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just do it. Just yeah. quit sitting around making excuses. Quit, uh, yeah. It's okay to doubt yourself. Absolutely doubt yourself. Just don't listen to it. Right. You know? Just just iron your own sword. Yeah. For I mean, sure. Just, just do it. And every second that you doubt that you're not doing the right thing, have a check and go, no, nah, you know, this is what I still want to do. Yeah. 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 Do, how do how much better are you year after year financially? We don't have to get into numbers, yeah. but from when you first started, it's getting better every year, right? Yeah, we projected that we would lose X number year one. And we lost about three times that. Yeah. <laughs> Typical. I mean, for any event space, you have to understand the year one is the branding year. Yeah. Because nobody believes it's going to happen. Well, They all yeah. want to see how it's going to go before they come on board. And For usually sure. that means you're paying because they don't want it. For sure. And, and 
if you're real lucky, it ends the way that it ended for us. You lost a whole bunch of money, but you have a brand and you have trust and you have excitement and you have people buying into it. Um, one thing that we do a year in advance is we let people go ahead and say, you know, raise their hand and say, I want in for this next year. Yeah. Here's, here's a hundred bucks. Put me in the line. Yes. You know, I, if I was a platinum last year, I get to keep platinum. If I'm a gold, I get to keep gold Great. and so on and so forth. And, uh, yeah. So, um, we lost a bunch of money and then, and then year two, we, we made some of that back. Um, and, you know, initially, you know, we had projected that about year four, I think if you got a great brand, I built businesses before, we mm-hmm. certainly didn't make money in very few of them very quickly. Um, and so that's okay too. You know, you talk about what, what's the takeaway here? Don't be afraid. Patience. Don't, yeah. Patience. Don't, don't be afraid to put into that forecast when you're talking about how much money am I going to make year one? Make sure it's a, it's a big negative because it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, and don't let that discourage you. Because that's everything that's ever worth. I don't know, you know, I don't know when we're all going to be, you know, making X dollars. All I know that we, and we base our decisions on this. I base our decisions and our team bases our decisions on this every single day is how does this affect the attendee? Put yourself, mm-hmm. you keep that open chair. We do, yeah. we do that, we, you know, sit in a meeting, we leave an open chair. What's the consumer think? What's yeah. the attendee think? How does this affect the city? And so. I don't know. I don't know when we'll make money, and I don't care about that right, right now. But, we will. but it's better. Like so, you lost three times year one, yeah. but year two you didn't lose more; you lose less. That's exactly. And right. then year three, and then yeah, like, year on three and on. we get above water, and then eventually we make money. And doing that's what it. it's about. It's that's why I didn't want to come up with specific numbers because yeah. it's not about how much you lost. It's about being patient enough and being strong enough with the dream. Because look, if you lose. 3x year one and 4x year two, yeah. well, then obviously maybe you shouldn't be in the business. Right. Right. Because you don't want to be getting worse when you're creating a brand. Yeah. I th- so I think if we had year one and the attendee and the bands, but mostly the attendees, if the attendee comes off and says, look, I just didn't care for Key West or the event organizers just didn't do a very good job, I didn't feel safe. It wasn't well, you know, when I went to get something, I couldn't get a shirt. Right. I had to stand in line for 25 minutes to get a beer or, you know, it wasn't a great experience. If you create something and someone comes away with a positive experience with it, I mean, that's where you start. That's yeah. where everything starts. So we make we base our decisions. Of course, we're looking at long-term profitability. Yes. Do we have, you know, have we proven that we can throw a party at what, you know, of course, you know, uh, will we eventually make money doing it? We will. Yeah. Well, when you think uh, of 10 years from now, yeah, how sure. massive it's going to be because it's not sure. just that particular style of music because you, you know, the brain starts calculating, okay, good. We can have this festival and this one and this one and this one. Right. Because we know it works. We've created the infrastructure. We know the bad things that have happened. And that's we where we're at. How to navigate yeah. those things. How quickly can we, uh, how quickly can we build more successful shows? And yeah. I think, you know, uh, I know that there's a local community that says, you know, that's still not behind this amphitheater and, uh, and I get it. I, I totally get it, but Key West is, like it or not, a destination city. And Key West uh, taxation and, and otherwise, the, the city's services and, and all the things that the city and state to some degree provide are based off of uh, tourism dollars. Yeah, and this and and these types of events drive a lot of heads and beds. Mm-hmm. They do, and uh, I I think if. Uh, 
I think if you look at what's going on, the people that are the city very much is doing a fantastic job to leave it open enough to a group like Ramshead to come in and manage it, a mm-hmm. professional group that yes. knows what they're doing, to be able to vet producers and promoters of shows, to go, does this guy have a track record of, of not coming into town and ruining things and mm-hmm. not paying people? So the city's uh, again, I can't I can't say enough about the leadership and uh, and about this city. I've dealt with others that yeah. aren't so fantastic. Um, so it's on the right track. I mean, it, 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 it's positives way, way, way outweigh the negatives. Mm-hmm. No doubt, easy. It's a- awesome. All right, listen, guys. So keep your head above water. Um, push through any negative thing. There's no such thing as failure because it's a learning experience. And that's it. You know, Kyla, it was great to have you on here. We'll definitely do a round two because there's a million other things we could talk about. There are. And um, I'm, I am proud to have you here as part of the community because I love that the fact that you brought this here and you're continuing to bring these kind of music and, and acts and, and live music here because there's nothing like it. So hats off to you. I really appreciate you. Thank Thanks you. for the time, Mark. It's you awesome. It. I think what you're doing is killer and I look forward to coming back and chilling. <laughs> All right, my man. Thanks. Hi, everyone. One last thing before you go. If you can, please leave a comment and rate the podcast in any of the apps that you listen to us in. It'll mean the world to us. That's it. Have a great day.